is it is us. It is uh, like trees walking. I am Michael J. Nelson, sitting across from me at one like trees walking tower is uh, Pastor David Berge. David, how are you? Oh, I'm great. In the words of one of my favorite bands, Stained, it's been a while. It's been a while. Which I often make them. I've I almost did this in a sermon. I ca- actually caught myself before dropping this reference. Um, I said, in the words of Creed, it's been a while, and like I caught myself and then had to change it to like with arms wide. In the words of Creed, with arms wide open or something. It, it was like let's just say I was trying to make a Creed joke. Yeah. See, if you were, I mean, the church probably forgives you for that, but if you were on the internet. Death threats, the, and you idiot! How internet. could you make that mistake? Um, it never forgives, and it never forgets. Never does. Uh, yeah, so we're back. This is the podcast where we uh, talk about uh, both David and I are, um, I think, unapologetic, and I'm using that advisedly. <laughs> uh, orthodox Christians, sort of down the middle, small, w- small o orthodox. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, always small o. I'm not. Um, I'm not on Mount Athos or anything no. like that. <laughs> and uh, and we do a podcast where um, we sort of, as they said on side, no, as they say on Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. How <laughs> <laughs> stained Seinfeld? What year is it? <laughs> What is happening? My pop culture references are not dated whatsoever. Mine are frozen in time. I have none uh, past the 90s. Uh, so we, yeah, we talk about the, the things that matter in life. We talk about it from our Christian perspective. It's a form of, to bring it back in a circle, a form of apologetics. That's right. A defense of, we're not apologizing for Christianity, it is a defense of faith that is... Uh, we try to figure things out along with you, the listening audience, That's right. all of you Stained fans, <laughs> all of you Seinfeld nuts, uh, and everyone else. In, in we our, don't care if you're down with the clown or not. Is that a Stained reference? No, that's a, I believe, a uh, Insane Clown Posse reference, oh, okay. which all we've right, covered yes. before. We, we are have, a Juggalo-friendly juggalo friendly. podcast, mm-hmm. and we are a Fago-friendly podcast here. So what we're going to do uh, in this brief, uh, we don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to be briefish. It'll feel brief to you. You won't even notice it. What we're going to do is take on an important topic, and then uh, we have a little... It's been a while since we... Been a while <laughs> since we did a, uh, a, a wacky thing. We, we have a bit of a... Uh, we have a th- it's, it, I, I don't know how to... I'll, I'll just surprise. It'll be a surprise. There the is a half. thread, though. Anyone who can figure out like the theme, or we'll yes, spell it out for you. there's definitely a theme. But if you guess the theme, or if you make the connection before we make it for you, please write in, and we will send you... Um, $500,000? Is that... We're like one of those YouTube channels <laughs> where... Stay in the circle for a month, and we'll give you $500,000. I miss the good old. Yeah. I miss make. the good old fashioned. Uh, what were those letters? The chain letters. You know, oh you had to yeah, keep going and you would get money. I mean, send remember, this to someone else or else. Remember, they would just come in. I mean, I feel like that was a. I didn't get them all the time, but it was a semi regular occurrence growing up getting a chain letter. You would get them as a as a child. Yes. <laughs> From who? Friends. Really? Yeah. Uh, Maybe I, I had guess, an abnormal childhood. Yeah, I guess that was a, a big deal. Uh, yes. So the big topic, let's dig in. This is the the meat. This is the meat. You got to have your meat before you have your pudding to make another really up-to-date reference. 
so what is the topic, Pastor, that we're going to be well, chewing on? Well, here's the topic on. that we're going to be chewing on. You, you chose this. So it's taking me all the way back to my, oh my goodness, my uh, church history days back, back in the day at Princeton Theological Seminary. Uh, you know, the year is 2000, you know, it's the mid-aughts. Uh, those were, that was the, yeah, yeah, the, 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 mid, the mid to late aughts. Post-stained, post-creed? Post, slightly post, post-creed? Slightly post-creed. We were still, their penum- we were still in their penumbra. We were in the penumbra of creed. Okay, yes. sure. Uh, it was a different era, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm in church history, and one of, the main, one of the things that you have to learn about there are, you learn, you know, early Christian theology and historical theology, that kind of thing. But you also learn in the early church about the early Christian heresies. Yes. The reason I brought this up, I wanted to know, because I was, someone brought up something to me recently, and I said, I think that's just like this early heresy, but Mm -hmm. let me check. And I ran to the trusty internet and got it, and then had another conversation with this person. I was correct. It was... Very similar topic to something in early church heresy. So all the nothing, nothing new under the sun, right? No, they, they were coming fast and furious. They were, and you know, I mean, as uh, as early Christianity, you know, emerges, uh, you have you know a lot going on, basically, and so <laughs> that's the one way to say it. You have a lot going on, but the word heresy it comes from the Greek term heresis, meaning choice. So I guess people who chose. A different way. Now, um, these people, you know, in fairness to your, you know, early heretics, I guess they didn't know uh, they were heretics and were later going to be condemned and looked upon. But, uh, you know, the um, basically, I think we'll we'll also get into not just what are these heresies, but but what were what were the problems with them or why were they, you know, rejected and like not just another way up the same mountain or as people playing it straight down the middle. You know, small o, you know, orthodox normie, small, yeah. uh, Protestant normie, Protestant Christians here. Uh, you know, what's 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 the problem? Why don't you want to go in that direction? And well, do, if we have like bonus time, can we talk about what heterodoxy is then as well? Or? We could. Oh man. Okay. I mean, right, we well, could, let's, let's could depending on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I let's just see what the time is. And like. their context, you know, uh, two cheers in certain contexts for heterodoxy. Not in my. Uh, not in my Christian faith, but in other aspects of life. Would one say that one man's heresy is another man's freedom fighter? Kind of a one man's heterodoxy is another man's uh, faith? Kind of a. Thing? It could be. Yes. Right. Okay. All it right. Could. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I got it. It is off. your fault. So give us some of the. Give us an example of an early heresy so that we people have some idea what the heck these two guys are ranting about. Okay. So. Uh, Here's a basic example. Early one was uh, docetism. And so docetism was basically – because how do you um, – you know, when the orthodox Christian claim becomes – and when I talk about, like, orthodox views uh, of Christianity, I think the, the two main ones that emerged from early Christianity were the, the doctrine of the Trinity, which we have an episode on that with the great Fred Sanders. Dr. Fred Sanders yes. did, did one on the Trinity. Um, you can listen to that. That one is really um, – you know, but it's that one, there's one God, so Christianity is a monotheistic religion, one God in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So yes. that was a, you know, one of the pillars, uh, you know, I'd say one of basically probably two pillars of, of early Christian orthodoxy is the doctrine of the Trinity. And then there's the other one, um, which had to do with, so what do we, you know, the early Christians, it's like, well, what do we do with God? 
Okay, that was a big, <laughs> a big question. The other question is, what do we do with Jesus? Right, because um, you know we're not going to just say we're praying to him, uh, we're worshiping him. So, like, how? But we're also saying he's a human being. So, how do we? How do we? How do we reconcile these things? How do we explain them? And so, you see the major heresies developing around basically the doctrine of God. You know, who is God? Uh, what kind of being is God? And around Jesus, who is Jesus? How does Jesus relate to God, etc.? And so, the earliest heresies were people's attempts to basically work these out. It's like. Um, uh, maybe this analogy works. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, they were beta. <laughs> these people were maybe sure. beta testing some ideas that just that didn't just quite work. But you can see where they're coming from. So docetism is the one uh, comes from the Greek word um, meaning to seem or to appear. And so this belief was that Jesus wasn't a real human being, um, didn't have a real human body. He only like appeared um, appeared to be so. So it was like basically kind of like. I've said this, if you've seen, um, these are, you know, kind of uncanny valley things, but the very, what the first one I remember is Tupac. Do you remember when like Tupac rapped and there was like a hologram, the hologram of Tupac, the, the Tupac sure. hologram that basically Jesus was a God hologram yes. walking around. Yes. Um, and so, you know, like he wasn't really eating and drinking and like, these are fake, like footprints, you know, in the sand. Sure, one set where he carries. Sure, where he carries like so that because they're saying, okay, um, you know, how do you reconcile this? This what became the Orthodox belief, you know, um, fully God, fully human. Uh, you know, we want to say he's he's God. You know, he's the uh, you know I- incarnation of uh, of the one God. Well, you know what? He was a, a human looking hologram walking around. And so that was a, a solution, the docetist solution to uh, the problem of what do we do with Jesus and his relationship to God? One of the solutions was the, was the docetistic He was a projection. Solution. He was a projection, right? So you see, and this is where basically, um, I've heard it described this way, Mike, and I think it's helpful to think about, is that usually heresies are um, you know, if, if you've ever done sound mixing, you want to have make sure all the, you know, instruments and vocals, everything's attuned properly. Sure. And a heresy is usually when one part of the mix gets tuned, like turned way the heck up at the expense of the others, and those things get turned down. So in docetism, the divine aspect of Jesus gets turned all the way up to 11, and the human aspects basically get turned down to zero. And so... Got it. So the mix, the mix got off. The mix is off. I was looking at the... Um I have the Wikipedia up, oh, I a love little it. peek behind the curtain. Um, and it said that the this survived, this docetism survived, the Cathars. The so Cathars? Cartharism, right? Not McCarthyism, <laughs> Cartharism, if I'm saying that right. But the Cathars, who I believe were like a sect in France who were then, there was a huge war. Oh, yeah. I believe Pope Innocent? I don't know. Like 20,000 people slaughtered for having this... The Cathars were slaughtered for this for belief. For having this, this belief, which I don't know if that was the main belief, but, the, but it was at least believed, part of that was believed by them. Wow. So they were heretics of some sort, and they, they paid the ultimate price. <laughs> so <laughs> you sure did. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, so the, um, so, so yes, that survived a long time. It did. And, and I think, you know, in, um, and there's always these, t- you know, these tendencies always exist because we understand that, but to, or we understand why where they would come from in that you know people really do 
have a hard time with accepting the full humanity of Jesus. It, you know, it says in, you know, in Hebrews, I think, you know, he was tempted like us in every way, except he was without sin. And so like the true humanity of Jesus can be troubling um, to think about, uh, you know, a, a person whom you worship uh, being subject to the frailties of human existence that we are all too well aware of. And so that can be a problem for some people. I, it can be a bug. I, I think it's one of the great features of Christianity is that um, God in the person of Jesus Christ, like his, you know, <laughs> has experienced the depths of, you know, what it means uh, of human existence. Um, I think that's one of the features of Christianity. But, you know, that that's, that's a bug for people who go, you know, that divinity and humanity, they're like oil and water. You know, they, yeah. they can't mix. You can't put the two together. One can't come into contact with the other, you know, the humanity with the divinity without, without profaning or basically negating, um, divinity. So sure. I understand them, but didn't, uh, um, Fred, what's his last name? The Fred Sanders. Sanders. I always want to call him Fred Sanford, which is the guy who owned a junkyard in a seventies TV show. We're not going to go there. The- <laughs> I think, didn't he say, some sons, is it know? him or that he quotes somebody that just says, like, the Trinity is a solution, not a problem. Yes. In other words, yes. it's it, it the Trinity makes sense of all the stuff that we already believe to be true. So there's, I, I understand how people can't comprehend it because it is God. It is, you know, three and one. That is not something we're familiar with. So it is impossible to explain and analogies fail and all of that. Anyway, listen to the uh, Fred Sanders interview. The Fred Sanders episode. Uh, all right, another heresy? Are we moving on? Let's move on in our, you know, our tour of heresies. We're only going to get... Uh, <laughs> We're only going to get a few. There's a bunch of them here. Um, oh, no, absolutely. And some of them persisted, I mean, for quite long. Probably, so, you know, docetism is, is one that survived for a long time. One that appeared... Uh, as though it was going to rule the day, uh, and this is also related to the person of Christ, is the Arian. The Arian heresy. Arian, the that Arian one's heresy. got top billing in my mind. Oh, as, I think that's number one as yeah. the early Christian heresy. And, uh, um, you know, I'm going to do my potted history of it, so please forgive me, uh, people. But Arian, I mean, so um, the figure Arius, Arius was, I believe, a bishop in Alexandria. Um, and, you know, Jesus is like, Again, the highest being, the highest created being of God. So a, a denial of, I guess, the eternal um, preexistence of the second person of the Trinity, the Son. Like, so because that's classical Christian Trinitarian theology that um, God has uh, existed, you know, from all time as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. So there was no time in which. Um, you know, the, the second person of the Trinity. There was a time before the incarnation of the second person yes. of the Trinity uh, in, in the person of Jesus Christ, but there wasn't a time where God was not a um, triune God. And so Arius denied this. He said, you know, there, there was a time um, when, when he was not. He was a special creation of God for our salvation, and Arius was huge with the Goths loved Arius. The Goths. The Goths. People who listen to The Cure and wear a black <laughs> eyeliner. No, the, the Goths who, who uh, almost brought down the Roman Empire. Yes, yes, those, those Goths. Yes. Um, and so there was a, a very famous, uh, another bishop, I can't, was he of Alexandria too, but like Athanasius. And there's the Athanasian Creed, um, which is an early Christian creed, which um, denies Arianism. And uh, and it was picked up by a lot of, I mean, even like, uh, like 
in the book of Concord, I believe, for the Lutherans, I think the Athanasian Creed is one of the things that they have in there. And it's noted for its list of anathemas. <laughs> um, it's one of those creeds that goes there uh, mm-hmm. in terms of not just what it's for, but what, it, what it's against. And But there's this very famous um, kind of statement about Athanasius uh, that, you know, contra mundum, like he stood... Uh, against the world and so you know he had a athanasius had a very tough life opposing arianism because arianism was in favor um Mm -hmm. lots of times and and maybe seemed like it was going to uh was going to win the day uh but it but it but it did not and so um you know i think classical as as fred sanders had said um the trinity is a solution not a problem Mm-hmm. And I would relate it to the, uh, you know, classic belief about uh, Jesus as, you know, the God man, fully God and fully human. That's a solution and not a problem. And so um, any uh, denial of that, you know, gets uh, gets at the very core of 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 who God is um, in, a, in a Christian understanding. And so Arianism, I mean, it makes it makes sense um, why, you know, as as kind of Arius' solution to a problem, but it introduced kind of untenable um, aspects into the Christian doctrine of God, which would not have, would have been irresolvable um, had they persist, persisted. Would not have been, would not have lined up with Scripture as it was understood. No. And so therefore, you gotta, you gotta call it a heresy. Er- it's a, it's a I heresy. calls them like I sees them. <laughs> calls it's them. a heresy. Uh, what else is in your top uh, five My heresies? top five heresies? Um, All right, top five heresies. I mean, We're, uh, coming up to number three now. I mean, we have docetism. <laughs> we have doses, which I started. You know, I, I started kind of like there. So there's um, another one, which a version of it. I mean, it's still a version of it. Still a semi version of this won the day, um, but it's called Pelagianism. Yes, another big one. This another one's another. Double underline at Pelagianism. Give me that one. Well, so Pelagianism was named after Pelagius, who, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, very creative here. Uh, but he was, um, you know, so he was in Great Britain, I think, that that corner of the Roman Empire. And he is, you know, a lot of these heresies, you see a contrast between kind of two figures um, in the church. There's the, the heretic and then the person who's opposing them. And it's this, you know, epic, you know, epic battle between mm-hmm. these two sets of beliefs. And so Pelagianism is most famous for being opposed by St. Augustine uh, or Augustinianism. And it's a belief about basically this one gets at kind of theological anthropology or the belief about like from a theological perspective, Christian theological perspective, what does it mean to be a human being, particularly uh, a fallen human being or a human being living in a world um, that has fallen into sin. And so Pelagius taught, okay, that um, like that the original sin, the fall into sin of, of Adam and Eve uh, was not transmitted to their uh, children and baptism was unnecessary. And so people can be saved by their own efforts, not necessarily requiring um, the grace of God. So it's a strong belief in basically the uncorrupted nature of, um, of human beings and the ability of human beings to will and choose the good. And Augustine was like, uh, no, 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 no. I want, I didn't need those pairs. I wanted them. And so I went after them. And so Augustinian talks about the heritability basically of sin, um, from our first parents, uh, to subsequent generations. And it's something that is passed on the, uh, the, the, 
the stain of original sin, I guess, um, passes from generation to generation. We're all born into it. Therefore, we need, for Augustine, you know, we need the waters of baptism um, to wash that away, and we need uh, the grace of God to deliver us and sustain us. So apart from that, um, we are just, we, we never have that mark removed from us. I have two things to say about that. Okay, please. Isn't this a very business-like thing I to like do where you go? Right, I have yeah, two, two things, things to say, All right, hit me and with therefore it. you can control the floor for as long as you want. Uh, no, but number one is that uh, didn't, uh, uh, doesn't that sound a little bit like uh, enlightenment talk, you know, where we can create our own, like man is basically good? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the belief of the enlightenment. Man is good, and we all we have to do is create the the necessary you know environment to let man prosper in he will always choose the good which is just i i think could not be more wrong anyway that's my number one point number two isn't uh uh calvin in his in in his great work what is it called the uh, institutes. Oh, institutes of yeah the christian really uh he you know calvinism was named for that but he was just like repeating what augustine said about yes grace and everything so he his chapter was like wasn't was even in his time wasn't he kind of blown away like what i was just kind of restating like no i mean orthodoxy right isn't it we're, we're saved by grace and this and everyone was like oh so you're saying and then calvinism became a thing like if you you know it became pejorative to some where it's like oh you're totally relying on this so no you can just sin like crazy and don't have to be good Right? Isn't that kind of... Yeah, so I mean, I think Calvinism would be, or I've heard it articulated as such, that Calvinism is like basically Augustine's um, doctrine of God uh, winning out over Augustine's doctrine of the church. Because he had a very strong, you know, extra ecclesium nulla salis. You know, no one outside of the church is saved for Augustine. And obviously, you know, Protestants uh, split from the medieval Roman Catholic Church. Now they thought they weren't splitting and that, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to, we're not going to go there right now. But just to say that, um, yeah, that 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 Calvin um, was a system. He was a systematizer and, and a great systematizer. And actually, um, I some people have a strong distaste for Calvin, including our beloved G.K. Chesterton <laughs> had a strong distaste. He had a strong distaste for Calvin. Um, but and and um, uh, but I will say that if you read the Institutes, um, they're really like if if you're a Christian and you're interested in Christian theology, the Institutes are actually really good. I have read them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. It's not that. Tough. No, it's, it's not that. No, it's, it's long. It's long, it's but there. It's but, very yeah. comprehensible and yeah, understandable yeah. and readable. So even if you don't agree with him, you can at least like like. There's a reason that you know Calvin was Calvin in terms of just his, um, and he was a lawyer too. You know, don't don't make any lawyer jokes or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, he was he was iterating in a lot of ways. The um, he was emphasizing aspects of Augustine's thought, I would say for sure. And, and even yeah. when it comes to like uh, things like uh, predestinationism, um, that m- a lot of that is, is Augustinian. And so we can get into, you know, the difference between uh, the, the reform. That's the Calvin branch of things, reform theology and, and Lutheran theology, even if we think of like kind of the two major strands of, I guess, magisterial, they call it magisterial Protestant thought. Cause you got the Anabaptists over like in the Netherlands, the you know sure. the the Amish <clears throat> people or whatever, and the Mennonites kind of they're kind of their own thing, the Radical Reformation. But the magisterial kind of like mainstream state supported uh, Protestant churches, like it, you can get into some hair splitting. But they basically both adopted an Augustinian um, approach to 
the doctrine of God and pursued that versus a kind of medieval Roman Catholic understanding of grace and forgiveness and how one stays in a state of grace, which is to stay in a state of being a member in good standing of the Catholic Church and receiving um, the sacraments as this kind of flow of grace to you. It's 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 a very radical break from that understanding of sacramental theology, but it's it's in continuity, uh, a deep continuity with uh, with Augustinian theology that came before, and I think. You know, I don't know if we've ever done our top ten theologians or top three or top five. We should do that actually. Maybe we'll do that in the next we'll do episode. That in the next episode. That's the next episode. That's a great yeah. one. Okay. Augustine for me um, has got to be like uh, number one with as a bullet, the, as the kids say, goaded. Oh, the greatest, greatest yeah, of yeah, all the time. greatest of all time. I think I think Augustine, just in terms of some of the most brilliant, one of the most brilliant human beings who ever lived. I mean, it's wow. like we could go our own. We could go on our own. Like he invented like political theology he kind of invented like i mean the city of god city like come on god. let's go yeah. i mean we could go we could we could do a spin-off podcast on the city of god all that to say uh but semi-pelagian so uh pelagianism proper was condemned at some council at some time but semi-pelagianism won the day and you can see this today like and as a human being i i i understand where pelagius was coming from in the sense of like and we can understand even where um kind of like modern liberalism with its belief you know in its kind of like rousseauian um instantiations Rousseau, yes exactly you know these belief in like basically the fundamental goodness of human beings and the ability of human beings to will and choose good only if they're placed in the right circumstances we under i understand where that impulse comes from totally so uh, do i my it, reaction to it I don't, even if i say you know Sorry. Uh, some of us have been mugged by reality a few times and so <laughs> uh uh and so we go no um, you know, human beings, like, there is a, a, a deep and fundamental brokenness that we all share, which I think is, that's where the great leveler, I think, that Christianity does in terms of Christian universalism. It's, tulip, Dave. We tulip. all, we're not going to get into the tulip, you know, know, two, know. two cheers for tulip <laughs> or whatever. Rose, that's the, you know, Wesleyan version. But, like, you know, Two cheers for the tulip, uh, and but I, you know, like the the relationship between free will, um, and like our fallen bro, kind of our our fallen nature. I mean, it, it, even within secular thought today, like, is there such a three, thing as free will? That's a very live debate in um, in philosophical circles, and I think there's a lot of sophisticated people who have nothing to do with any beliefs about God who say, no, 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 like free will is an illusion. It's not true. Well, we're, we're in a computer simulation. We are. We've come, and we maybe need to go back and to the simulation. N- Neil taught me that. Mr. DeGrasse Tyson Mr. D- taught me that. Mr. NDG. So, it's yes. So, more likely than not. Yes. So, semi-Pelagianism, uh, you know, was given endorsement um, by the, by at least the Roman Catholic Church, probably in the, it was probably before the Great Schism. So I think, you know, a, a version of, hey, human beings, like we can't, but no version that said we can will the good apart from the grace of God has ever won the day. Um, sense. Okay. You know, um, and so, and so, Pelagius, I get where you're coming from. I totally get it. And Augustine himself maybe had some wacky ideas about, you know, how original sin exactly was transmitted, you know. That, you know, basically doing it was bad. I mean, we could see all sorts of baggage coming from that. But, you know, um, he's a giant. And I think Augustine was way more right than Pelagius was on this. uh, And more right than he was wrong on almost everything. So there we go. All right. That rounds up our... uh... I, there's so many there's more. There's so many so heresies. Many but we, so, but we, this we is just part one. <laughs> this is part one. We will revisit this because it is fun. It's it fascinating. Fun. I fun. love this. 
Um, but let's uh, take a little break. I love this. When we come back, you will see. And if you can, again, if you can connect, what is the theme? What is the thread from part one to uh, Pastor Dave's appeal? And then part two, if you can connect them, you win the $500,000. Parody, not true. You can't win $500,000. But we'll be uh, right back after this. Oh, hey, everybody. Hi, thank you so much for sticking with us here at Like Trees Walking. Um, And yes, yes, you know, we know it's been a while, but we know that we're back. And uh, the reason that we're back is because, you know, we love doing this. Um, And the reason we love doing it is because apparently people don't mind listening to it. And so, you know, our desire is to just... I guess let you all eavesdrop on what we hope is an enlightening and informative and, and fun conversation about, um, you know, not just pressing issues, but, but the deep issues um, as they relate to Christian theology, faith, and life here in the 21st century. I mean, we're almost a quarter of the way into this bad boy, and here we are still going. I know, yee, all right. But um, one thing you could do is just let us know that you're out there. You know, leave us a review. Uh, share us with someone. And we'll keep this going as long as we can. And so thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you for your support. Thanks for your love. Um, yeah, we're doing it, uh, you know, we're doing it because we enjoy it. Uh, and Mike and I would talk theology anyways, but um, it's nice to have an audience too. So thanks, everyone. And we are back. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Uh, heresies. Go back and listen. If you somehow you clicked on a podcast and you went right to this mark in the podcast and like, what is this? Why? Why did you do that? Podcasts are easy to just start at the beginning. I don't know why you did that. So simple. So simple. <laughs> uh, but I have. Before we get to this topic, can I just say I have talked to a lot of people who are older than me, people I love. So it's not a it's not a slam, but who go like. A podcast, I wouldn't even know, like, how, what would I do? Like, it's just a thing. (laughs) There couldn't be, it couldn't be easier. You know how, you know, how you, like, it it would be like saying, like, Netflix, what is that? I don't understand. (laughs) It's just, it's just there. It's like, it's like, like, or like YouTube. Like, it's it's like you just, you search. What am I supposed to do? Do I press my face against it? Like, no, I mean, you understand how audio works. But anyway, they will not listen to my podcast I because it. they don't know. I don't know how it's, they work. It's so delightful. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's get into this uh, this thing. Uh, you uh, you showed up to my place. We we haven't seen each other in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a couple months. You yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, since we've seen each other, oh, yeah. since the podcast has been oh, up gosh, and active. Yeah. I mean, who's counting? Who cares? The point being, we're back. And but uh, Pastor Dave has. Um, he has facial hair. Why don't you talk I about do. this? Well, I do. Well, I'm a frequent haver of facial hair. I, I, I want to yeah. just dispel yes. this notion. And I do have a, a couple funny anecdotes related to people's perception or misperception thereof of when it comes to facial hair. But I showed up and I have a mustache. Yeah. I I think a – like, you know, I've been told that I look like Ted Lasso from – you know, this is going to date the show, but well, from the, see, app, yeah, the Smash okay. Apple TV series. Apple, how do I get – what would I do for that? Now, how do I get that? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So the Smash Apple TV series, Ted Lasso, I, yeah, I have a, I have a mustache. Uh, 
you know, uh, it's it's a standard mustache. I know if you look at like a chart, you look online and you go to like yeah. a chart of facial hair. There's like seven thousand pictures of what it's not you know, it's, mustaches. It's not are. handlebar. Like, it's, just, uh, it's not Hitler. You know, it's just no, it's normal. Not Hitler. It's, it's not just a, a normal. It's a normal mustache. Basic mustache. And you know, I uh, I I I I started wearing it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I ki- kind of grew on me, as no. they say. But anyways. No. So I show I I show up somewhere uh, with a mustache, and I got more than one comment. Hey, did you grow that over the weekend? To I mean, which I suppose could be possible. Um, I worked with a chap who would do that. He would he was like Wooly Willy. Do you know yeah. that little thing? With oh the yes, magnetic? yes, I do remember that. Yeah, he would just show up, and I would go, "Hey," and I wouldn't. It was never. I didn't want to insult the man. I would just go, "Didn't you have a goatee yesterday? Now you have a full beard." He'd go like, "Yep." And then you just walk away. <laughs> so he could just like I think he would just force it out like a is it Play-Doh fuzzy pumper? Thing, yeah, you know? yeah. Like I don't know how the he fun did. factory is but it anyway. like is it hair hair suit hair suit? How do you say that? Hair suit. Hair suit. Yes. Um, he, so was a, so, he was a hair suit fellow. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm hair suit, but no, I, you're not hair suit. I do have the ability to you know grow a mustache, grow or yes. grow a beard. Something um, I do not. And so, uh, but anyways, I go. You know, I just said to the people, well, you know what? I did have a beard. When right. you last saw me, and then the re- the way I got a mustache was just to, to subtract. I just got rid of the beard, yes. and it just left the mustache behind, and that was mind boggling. And then I got from some some folks said, "You had a beard before," and I was like, "Have you looked at?" Because I've basically worn some version of a beard for years now, like over probably over a decade. I've had either a beard. Yes. I mean, I'll trim it back, you know, occasionally, but I'm almost never. Baby face, bald face. You know, kind almost always come kind of stubble. I don't know, Mike. You're you Van Dykeish? No, because you have this. I don't know. What you've looked at me. I mean, you've looked at my face a lot of times more than I have. Uh, uh, That's probably true. So, like, would you? How would you have described what? Like, if you're like, I'm looking at Dave, and this is what's on his face. How would you have described that in the past? Just it's like I don't know, just a normal beard. I feel like yeah, like if well, you wouldn't go like. You know, like if someone like the iron and wine guy or something yeah. where you're like, oh, he's got, a, he's got like a hillbilly beard or that guy's got a neck beard or ZZ top. Like, uh, yeah, just like that guy's just going out of his mind. Though I think beard. they look somewhat different. I would place it in the same genre. You host another podcast with or co-host with Connor Lestoka. Like, I feel like Connor just has a beard. Yeah, most sometimes he doesn't, but a lot of times I have seen just him have a beard. But he's just—I feel like when you're looking at Connor, like he's usually just—he's kind of got a beard, and that's what Connor's got on his yeah. face is yeah, a beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even I guess Bill Corbett, right? Bill, usually I've seen him without it, beard, yes. but he wear these days he wears a beard, right? And yeah, so you yeah. just know Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin usually wears a beard. A beard. Yes. Yep. And so I feel like that was my thing. Like I almost always have a beard. It might be more stubbly or or not kind of cut back but most of the time it's just me walking around with not a bushy beard but just a standard issue you know basic you know 30 something year old guy beard yeah you know that's how that's how i felt i fit right in uh very normie and so this mustache having this mustache has been eye-opening to just the uh, freedom which with people feel to basically say anything they want to you commenting on your face on your face and making co- people are free to say you look like a pedophile oh whoa i just like oh i'm glad i wasn't taking a big sip of coffee and it's Spit like take. and they can say that and you don't like you know you, you just like sort of take it and just say that yes is it more than one it's more um a, a pedo a pedo stash 
Whoa. There's more than one. Which, how did the mustache get associated with that, like... I don't How know. How did that happen? You know, I, I'm sure someone could write a great... There's a dissertation waiting to be written. The coding of a mustache as related to something horrible. I don't know how I that happened. Know. Why I, not? You look like Tom Selleck. I think... I know. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> Come on. Famous mustaches. Pro- people who just always wear a mustache. Think about two of our 20th century icons. Manly men. Sexy men, according to People magazine, right? You're going to have Tom Selleck. Who else are you going to have there? Formerly the biggest movie star in this country in the 1970s. None other than the great, uh, 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 you know, oh, come on. Why can't? Uh, Smokey the Bandit. The great Burt Reynolds. Yeah. The Burt great Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Mustache. Mustache. Always mustache. The um, This is an aside. When I was in seminary, uh, we did like No Shave November. And then there was Burt Reynolds Day at the end of the month. Wow. And so in the dining hall, you know, all the, all the guys would get up there and there would be a mustache contest and i famously in my own mind won my senior year for worst mustache because oh. it wasn't like it is now like i have to tell you i've really i've really matured with age i've well i would assume that it would have got better <laughs> but i mean i was in my you know late 20s or mid late 20s at that point i, I hadn't come around yet to oh, being yeah, able to grow sure. a good mustache yeah. and so i won for worst mustache uh, you know, because it's just this like very, Stubble, very, scrubby, very scrubby, scrubby. and uh, and it was funny. So they, you, my award was to get the movie Deliverance because it's Burt Reynolds without a mustache. Can I do my quick anecdote Please. about Burt Reynolds? Please. I was going to a meeting one time with a with an executive at the studios. This is not to name drive. It's only because I no. was just so it was just so fun. Is that the, the uh, person outside the receptionist said. Oh, he's in a meeting right now with uh, with Burt Reynolds. And I'm like, whoa, I'm going to take a meeting after Burt Reynolds. And then the meeting went like 20 minutes long and waiting. And he's like, he's so sorry. And so Burt Reynolds came out. Oh, my gosh. And he like shook my hand and goes like, this guy's never going to take a meeting with you. You're, you're a, you know, he was just like giving me crap. Really? Like, you're, <laughs> look at this guy. Who's good to, and he was looking around and like kept my hand in his hand. And was like, nobody wants to take a meeting with this guy. <laughs> So he was busting your chops? Yeah, and then he started fake chewing gum. I was like, I'm just kidding, fella. You go in there and have yourself a good meeting. He did the <laughs> so, fake gum chew? Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm picturing Norm MacDonald. It was SNL like right now. Yeah, He was wearing his best hairpiece. Oh, I God. couldn't see the edge of it. And he just like looked in my eyes. He was a very nice guy. And then he just breezed out. And I was like, I just had my Burt Reynolds moment. It was so good. It was so cool. Yeah, so. I love it. So The late Burt Reynolds. The late, great Burt Reynolds, one All right, of America's so, greatest yes. movie star. Um, so yeah, so it's just so interesting to me that basically people feel free to comment, feel free to comment, and to denigrate derogatorily. And, and basically, I'm okay with that. Like it's very strange that that's a socially acceptable form of like basically saying I don't like how you look. I have two other examples, and I want people to who are listening to this to think of them in their yeah. own mind and add to us to help help us out here. And maybe you have more, Pastor. But uh, number one is I, um, I, I'm not Rafa Nadal, but I do. I sweat a lot when I work out. I just that's just I don't know. I, that I'm just how God made me, so <laughs> I can't help this. And uh, people feel free to just totally comment. Like I'll walk in, I'll walk across a hot parking lot and get into a building, and I'll be sweaty. And people will just feel totally free to say, "Wow, you look hot. Are you okay? You're sweating." Like. Hey, man, I'm aware of that. 
I, I understand. That's, you know, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't like it any more than you do. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and then the other one is uh, glasses. Mm. People feel free to just comment on those. Are those new glasses? Yeah, I don't like those. Those make you look like Hitler. You know, stuff like that where you're just like... Hey, hey, man, these are my glasses. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. I've also had that same experience <laughs> okay. uh, not that long ago, wearing glasses. Because I normally wear contact lenses. Uh, yeah. And so I was wearing my glass, you know. But I like I like wearing glasses. I think they look yeah. distinguished with glasses. Yeah. I have a very strong prescription, though. So I have the thing where it makes your head look really small when you look at the thing. glasses. So I got a lot of the, like, oh, like, your head looks re- – like, that doesn't look right. And it's like, well, I think – I think okay, like, but these are. I need them to see. It was very, it was very strange. I, the glasses one, especially. Yeah, you know, I understand the mustache, right? Because you know, I feel like social norms are to be judgment. Like somehow they got coded in a in a creepy way with some people. I don't know where that came from, but whatever. But that that's a whole other pod. Yes, but we're not going to go. My glasses are a thing. Like I'm not going to go up to someone and go like, hearing aid. The hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Can't hear. It looks like crap. Why don't you take it out of your ear? <laughs> Why don't you get one that's a different color? That's it's true. It's just a weird, like, it wait, I'm wearing, I have to wear glasses. I have this inability to see without them. Ah, you should have got a different pair of glasses. It's like, it's hey, just a weird that is thing. so strange. So if you have other examples, uh, that's, that's our little discussion. Is People feel free to denigrate your appearance uh, without any thought of, like, this being an ungracious uh, social you know, violating some sort of like the social graces that we all expect. Yep. So that's it. Somehow those two things connect. You can figure it out. Um, and uh, But anyway, we'll be back and we'll probably do what we said. We're going to go through our top 10 theologians in the next episode. We're just, we're so. just, it's, you know, we're just iterating right here on the spot. Things are coming fast and loose. We're back, baby. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so this has been uh, Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson. I'm David Berge. So long. Well.